It is no secret that the travel industry has undergone some major changes in the past few years. And even though it is back and booming, so much of why and how we travel has changed. Welcome to Travel Redefined. I'm Sarah Dandeshi and I'm your host, and I'm excited to talk to thought leaders in the hospitality and travel space for insight on the future of travel. So excited. This week's episode of Travel Redefined, uh, not only is he a beacon, dare I say beacon, in the travel industry, but he is also a very good friend. <laughs> exactly. Friends-ish. Oh, oh my God. Scott. Welcome. Scott Eddie, who likes to pretend that he is not friends with me, but we all know. <laughs> Besties for life. <laughs> Scott. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Okay. Don't pretend to be excited. Yeah, I know. I had to twist your. I did my Sarah impersonation. You did do your Sarah impersonation. <laughs> okay. So for um, those of you that that don't know, and I would be surprised that you don't know, but uh, Scott has definitely been uh, in the travel and hospitality space for, for quite some time, uh, certainly from the marketing side of things. And he is a wealth of knowledge. Not only is that, but he is really one of the kindest humans I know and has been always so, so gracious. And I do mean that. So don't get, don't get too sentimental over there, Scott, but I am... Um, <laughs> I do. I do always love what you do and watching how you're working with other brands, but also just knowing you as a human always makes me so excited. So thank you for joining us today on Travel Redefined. Well, thank you. <laughs> Nothing like us doing the polar plunge together, huh? I know. Twice. So last year in 2021, we did a polar plunge in Alaska, and then we also did it in Antarctica, which is... Which one was colder for you? Funny enough, I actually feel feel like Alaska was colder. So the reason why Alaska was colder is because in Antarctica, we did it off the ship. We got right back on uh-huh. and got in the room. In, the, in Alaska, we were on the Zodiac, and then we had to drive back to the boat. So we were just sitting there freezing, wrapped up in a towel. I do, I do remember that that part of the video where it's like I'm like, oh my gosh, and you're like wrapping a towel around me, and I'm like, okay, can we get back can to we, the? Can we edit in that part when, yeah. when you say that. Can we edit in that from the video? <laughs> done, done. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so obviously, as everybody is tuning in, you're probably like, wow, who are these two knuckleheads? But I'm kidding. Um, Scott, I would love for you to share a little bit for those that are tuning in. Um, sh- share a little bit about how you work with travel and hotel brands, because I think it's really, it's wonderful what you do. Um, but share, give a little bit of background on that for those that might not know. Yeah, so just from the outside looking in, you're you're just going to see you know, big social media audience, travel all the time, very influencer-ish. But that's really top of the funnel. Yeah. And then I used to own a very big digital agency, the first digital agency actually in Southeast Asia. And that was when the Southeast Asian market was just exploding. That's when all the cool things were entering Bali, everything in Singapore, Macau, all the Thai islands. And we were the go-to agency building out all their strategies and working with them. So I really learned the whole industry over there. And then I sold the agency, built up my personal brand. Now I'm very nomadic and I literally haven't had a home for eight years and I travel nonstop. But once you get into the funnel after, uh, 
I'm at the top. And then you go into the funnel. We work with brands on a few different ways. Uh, main way and what we're going into more these days, uh, me and Siebs and for you guys that don't know, he's my video guy and his whole team, they're, they're incredible. Um, and we're getting into the consulting phase. So it back before what we were doing is building out digital strategies and then walking away. And what we found is that if people don't follow that roadmap to a T, you're going to veer off the rails and then nobody's going to look bad except for us. So now we've came up with a plan and, and we're just actually implementing this right now where we're going to do weekly calls, monthly calls, whatever it is, and really hold your hand every step of the way. And it's a little bit more structured approach. Um, but yeah, every, everything involving marketing for hospitality brands from video creation to social media, to paid social, whatever it is. That's awesome. Well, I, and what I love that you actually, you know, talk about this. Cause I know we've, we've talked about this, but there's so much like, it's kind of like, it's like, you can, you can bring a horse to water. What does that mean? You know, but it's like, you can't make it and you can't make them drink. And so in this particular case, you know, you were finding that it's like, you would be able to you give these companies all the tools and one slight little thing that they veer off a little bit and and it just doesn't quite land in the same way. And the success rate or ratio just isn't there. So I love that you guys have built this out a little bit further because those that really understand and see it, they know that you're going to literally walk them through step by step and make sure and ensure that whatever they are you know, spending on, they actually see that ROI because it is all about the ROI at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, listen, leaders of today, they have to deal with more uncertainty than ever. Forecasts, there may be a thing of yesterday, given the changes and patterns of erratic customer demand and short-term decision-making, but you have to keep moving forward and you have to keep on the path. Yeah. Definitely. Either way. Totally. Yeah. So, so that being said, um, obviously, I mean, you've, you've been in this space for, for quite some time. Um, if you could kind of be like kind of like concise with it as far as like the the ideas but what shifts have you seen in hospitality marketing maybe like even in the past two years have you seen different shifts i mean listen i think that the hospitality industry as a whole i think they understand that and you never want to say everybody because there's exceptions to every rule but i don't feel that hospitality employees were appreciated pre-pandemic I think that the hospitality industry, they took advantage of their employees. There was no such thing as a culture. They were underpaid, overworked, just everything negative. And now they're paying the price and, and they're complaining, you know, and there's shortages, of course there's shortages because they lost their job, um, whether, you know, to their fault or not to their fault, whether the company could support them or couldn't support them. That's another conversation, but. They lost their job. Their back was to the corner. They still had bills to pay. They found other ways to make money. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so much happier and I'm making more money or I'm making slightly less and I'm super happy and I'm working from home. It's just less stressful. Why would I ever go back to that industry? So now I think, I, I don't think there's been a better time ever in the history. And you will be able to attest to this to get a job in hospitality, because I think that these companies are now creating the right culture. They're treating their employees right. And, and they're just, 
they're creating a platform to be successful for a long time. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I actually, I wanted to bring this up because you happened to share a really great post this morning. And I know you and I totally are on the same page when it comes to this, but you were just mentioning it just now, this notion of creating that culture and how employees, and I talk about this a lot when I talk to, you know, fellow hospitality professionals, as far as that sense of that, taking that ownership, um, you know, so that they have that pride when they're at work and then and understanding that they are an extension of the brand. And you were talking about that as well today. Can you share a little bit of like your thoughts on that? Because I, I loved it. People don't understand. I mean, take for instance, you, when you were back at the hotel, okay? Your hip hop hotel in the past. You're... <laughs> we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that later. We'll get uh, into that later. Exactly. about that. You know, it, if when you came into work and you're, and you're sitting at the concierge desk and the GM comes by and just pays you a compliment or just comes up to you and says, you know, for the past week, I've been watching you from, from a distance and you've been doing a tremendous job. I really appreciate you. Don't ever forget. Like how, how unbelievably nice and, and happy are you going to treat the guests that day? hundred percent. You know, it's just, it's all the trickle down effect. You know, you, you have to, if you ignite your, your employees, they ignite the guests and it's a mirror. You know, if you got a grumpy employee, guess how your guests are going to be. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the same thing. You know, that's why it's super impressive when I see hotels doing it right, you know? Yeah. Well, and I always say, um, because I've definitely, I've, you know, had, I've seen both sides of the spectrum as far as from an employee standpoint. And when I was put in an environment that there, that there was trust in me, they were like, we know you will do a good job. Just do your thing. Thank you for showing up. We appreciate you. Led to a comp I ended up staying at that particular property for nine years. Whereas I was at other places where it was like, you know, we don't know. Like, are you, they would question me. And that was just so crippling because I was just like, but I, I, all I do is knock it out of the park all the time. And then you maybe have one person that says a complaint and it's like, okay, you, you know, you're always going to have people that say complaints, whether, whether they mean the complaints, you know what I mean? Or whether they're doing it as a way to like get a freebie or something, because that happens too. So it's like, you always have to take into consideration all of that, but it makes such a difference as an employee. And it, it is that trickle down effect. You know, what's crazy is what I think we're going to start seeing more of, especially on social media is we've been seeing, put your best foot forward forever on social media. What people really want to see is the behind the scenes. They want to see you do the, they want to see the, how you did the thing to show your best foot forward. So what I think is going to be the thing is I think hotels are going to start to show how they appreciate their employees on social. Mm -hmm. They're going to make it public knowledge. And I think they're going to do that as a like bait to get new employees. They're basically going to use it as a marketing tool. I, th I think it's smart. And not only that, but I love that you bring this up because this also comes into, and we'll probably talk about it in a bit, this shift as far as travel consumers, you know, travel consumers are, you, you know, we were seeing it as far as like consumers in general that were supporting brands that did good. You know, a classic example, Tom's shoes. You buy a pair of shoes and then they donate a pair of shoes to somebody in need. So 
understanding that thread, and that was obviously very popular for millennials, millennials now being a big part of the travel pie. You know, we can't roll our eyes at that anymore. These are the people that are spending the dollars, you know, traveling. That also is now extending into the travel industry. And so they want to know, oh, the employees are being well taken care of because that makes them feel good as well, too. And then they're going to come back. Correct. It's such oh, an interesting time. So, okay. So talking about travelers, um, I, the, you know, obviously what I, what I love about you and you and I have this similarity is that you understand the marketing side and the hospitality travel side from the businesses, but you get to travel a bunch. And so you also get this sort of inside scoop or that firsthand experience on what the traveler's perspective is. So have you seen any cool, interesting changes um, that you're like, oh, this is an interesting trend that might be like coming up or, or anything that's maybe like just kind of, you know, sparked your interest. I think that, so I've, I've been cruising a lot this year. Um, I, I just completed my seventh cruise and I'm about to do my <gasps> eight ones and 10. Um, so I'm going to be on the ship, our ship, the world navigator, um, for six weeks starting the first. Um, yeah. So on cruise lines, and especially, I, I don't even want to say the higher end ones because even the the middle range, um, they're they're trying to find out a little bit more about the guests pre arrival than normal to tailor the experience a little bit more because I think that they realize a because the cruise industry got crushed more than the hotel industry. Um, I think that they appreciate the passengers a little bit more than they used to, and they want to tailor the experience a little bit more. Um, and I think they realize that right now, the easiest way to travel is cruise because, you know, if you, and I was having this discussion this morning, if, if I have a trip coming up and it is a normal trip, you have the transfers to the airport, you have the flight. Then you have the transfers to the hotel. Then you have the hotel. Then you have all the excursions. Then you're eating three times a day. Then you're, you know, there's so many moving parts. If one thing messes up your trip, it, it, you know, you, you better have backups in place. Yeah. Cruise line is all you need to do is get to the ship. Yeah, exactly. Like zero stress. You unpack once the countries come to you and it's just, it's super easy. Yeah. Oh, um, it's totally easy. Electric crossing the Drake Passage and the boat's going like this. <laughs> that was a lot of fun, by the way. So for, for those that don't know, the, the Drake Passage, um, if you are going to Antarctica um, and you are going by a cruise ship, you have to go pa through across Drake's Passage, which is, isn't it technically considered the choppiest seas in the world? The, the roughest, the roughest <laughs> channel in the world, yes. The roughest channel in the world. And so it's either the Drake Shake <laughs> or, or the Drake Lake, and um, it takes two full days to cross, so 48 hours to cross. We actually got lucky. We only hit that one rough patch, but there were, yeah. we were the pretty, titles, we were pretty right? lucky. Yeah. I mean, it was fun, and it's interesting because I don't really get seasick, but I definitely had a moment where I was like, ooh, okay, okay, <laughs> interesting. But I love that you bring that up. <laughs> 
I love that you bring that up about cruise lines because, you know, they have a wonderful opportunity that they have, in essence, a captive audience, you know. And so to be able to get and glean this information about their guests that are coming on, they they have this audience that they're able to meet and exceed and create these special wow moments. So it's wonderful to see that there is this this shift going on, certainly within that industry. And, um, and you have spent quite a bit of time on cruise ships this year. So, and I think the 100th cruise ship cruise is coming up this year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's on it's, So it's going to be on the new ship, uh, the world traveler, which launches November 1st, Amazing. but it's a, a duplicate of the world navigator. And yeah, we're doing, I think it's 19 days or 20 days. We're going back down to, to Antarctica, but we're going deep. So okay. the one that we went on was only eight days and we just barely went in. Maybe this time we're going to South Island and. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, I love it. Listen, listen, if your mom wants to come again, she can. Oh, perfect. I'll it make sure that my And if she wants to bring you as her plus one, it's fine. And for those that are not uh, reading in between, in between the <laughs> lines, my mom is invited, but I am not invited. Uh, uh, wink, wink. Um, okay, so I would I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, um, which is a lot of kind of what the 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 whole point of this podcast, as far as being specifically named Travel Redefined, because we are in this new era, and um, you know, considering the current shifts in travelers' mindsets, their goals, combined with what we're seeing in you know hospitality and the travel industry. How do you see travel being redefined? So I, I, I'll give you one, one thing that I wish travel did better. Okay. Um, hotels primarily and, and cruise lines, but those two specific industries, A, you don't build a brand around your product. You build a brand around what life looks like after someone uses your product, correct? So I wish that hotels and cruise lines did a better job painting pictures of what it looks like after people are done the trips. And I, I think that, you know, listen, experiential travel and experiences and locals and immersive and all these words that are overused and luxury and all these words that have been hyped for the past couple of years, okay. Now show me what it's like after somebody does one of your experiential travels. How does it enhance their life? How does it make their mental health better? How does it make them go to work and be in a happier place? How, you know, I want to see how. Yeah, the after effect. What I love about that, and I actually even have, have said this, and I, I think that's what's, it's a reminder for those that work in the industry that, are constantly delivering and giving service, this sort of emotional labor, but how cool that we in travel and hospitality get to help create these memories. And it's, they might not remember somebody's name. That's not it, but if they remember, as we all know, the famous quote, they remember how they were made to feel. And then that story that is shared in the break room when they're catching up with their colleague or shared at a dinner party. And it might be in the next couple of months, it might be something that they share for the next 10 years. And how cool to be part of that experience for someone. You know what's funny? Hmm. This morning, I was speaking to my friend in Bangkok. We we're just catching up, whatever, there's a video call. And they said, oh, 
you know, I was scrolling through your pictures and, oh man, I saw you went to Nicaragua. I've always wanted to go there. Remember? Yes. Remember yes. When you walked me at the airport? I did. And, I... Um, <laughs> that was the first time we met, guys. <laughs> that was the first time we met. I didn't want him to feel like he had to wait for me or babysit me. And so I was like, I'll meet you at the gate. And you're like, uh, I'm waiting for you to check in. He'll never let me live that down. I will not. But, but again, it goes back to, you know, like he pulled up those pictures It brought back stories and, you know, like, you remember when we were like chilling by the pool, like watching the sunset over that, like, it was so ridiculous. Like, you know, and, and, and you feel it yeah. right now, like you feel because that memory. Yeah. And that was such a special trip. I mean, um, and in that particular case, it's it, funny, cause I actually just talked about it uh yesterday in a, in a post so it's funny that you bring that up but um i mean thinking back like we we went like we went hiking by a volcano at like no, three in the morning in the, in the dark <laughs> in the complete dark in the mud that was crazy i was like is this blair witch project i was like i haven't ever traveled with scott before am i going to make it home <laughs> oh my gosh um obviously made it home and our <laughs> we've traveled many times together since. So I, I mean, no, I love that you, you bring that up because that is definitely, it's that follow through that you're talking about is what you are interested in, in seeing more of. And I, and I think that we're going to see more of that. It's more yeah. than just the experience, but it's like, it's the, it's the result, the effects. I mean, I mean listen, the, the tidal wave, as you and I both know, has already arrived. The digital era is here to stay. It's only getting stronger. Um, you know, I tell brands every day, you tell brands every day, the longer you wait to jump in, the more behind you're going to be. And, you know, I, I still find it funny when I talk to specific brands and I bring up like, you know, I searched for you on TikTok and I didn't see you. Oh, well, I don't do dances. I'm not a kid. And I'm like, okay, so you have really haven't dove in and learned. You're just hearing hearsay from other dinosaurs who, who aren't on social and just don't understand anything. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it's mind blowing um, that now the social media age is here and digital is here. Um, it's, it's, and to truth be told, it's still in the infancy stage. I mean, yeah. if you look at macro, it's super infancy. And People still have yet to dive in all the way. And, and there's never been a better way to tell your story than on video. Yeah. No, I, I, I love the fact that Instagram is getting bashed because they're leaning more into video. Of course they are, because that's the way the world is moving. I, of course. I know. I know. Like, like, who cares if you upload a photo and it doesn't get traction? Who cares? You're still uploading the photo. It's yeah. still there if people are searching for you. Mm hmm. And you actually bring up a really great point, because I think a lot of people, um, they get really nervous when it comes to social media, because they're like, well, what if it flops? And you bring up such a good point. And we've obviously been creating for so who cares? Tomorrow's a new day. In a couple hours, isn't it's a new time. You share something new. Not everything is going to do the same, um, going to get necessarily the same engagement. It doesn't mean it's a flop. There's so many factors that go into it. And so it's like, don't let that stop you or you you get into this analysis paralysis oh it's not quite right like obviously you know you want to make sure that the quality is up there but it's 
you know, you just have to get, you have to go continue to put that content out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. I want to hear, I'd love to hear about this from you. Cause we, we talk about this a bit and you obviously, um, you know, get to stay at a lot of luxury properties and have a lot of luxury experiences. And we're talking about luxury, obviously, you know, the big words thrown around four star, five star, et cetera. What would you say five star service means to you? Less and less every day. I, I, I think that, I think that back in the day, um, when we were growing up, I think luxury had an industry. I think now, I think now a one-star shack on the beach in Cabo, if somebody who works 150 hours a week on Wall Street can put his feet and toes in the sand and watch the ocean, can be luxury. And so can a $20,000 a night villa in Grenada. It, it, now the terms are determined by each individual. It's not an industry thing. It's a personal thing. So, you know, it, it just depends for me, for me, um, I would rather, if I have a choice between two different restaurants, um, unbelievable service, average food or spectacular food and horrible service, I'm choosing a every day of the week. Same, same. Exactly. I, it's all about the human element. Totally. You know, I mean, there, listen, there's some super high-end resorts that I refuse to stay at. You know, there's one very big one, very household name in West Palm Beach. They've been dying, or in Palm Beach, actually, they've been dying for me to stay there forever. I refuse. Because it's that stuffy luxury. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Oh, of course. Like, you even smile? Come on. I, have fun. Well, and and you bring up such a, a great point with that because it has luxury has evolved, and um, you know we've you know for those that are in the industry and and even just getting into industry talk and industry speak you know for those that properties that were seeking out like the four and five star Forbes actually officially from Forbes Forbes has actually changed how they um, rate a property because they understand that travel consumers are looking for things in a different way and that it's not necessarily, you know, I always use the example of the, hey, you have to say the guest name three times in an interaction. Can I tell you as an employee that had to do, I would sit, I'd be there. I was like, yes, absolutely. Mr. Eddie. Okay. Mr. Eddie. Yeah. Okay. I was like, shit, did I say it three times or four times? And like, how distract, how much does that pull somebody out of an engagement when in the back of their mind, they're counting how many times they said somebody's name? Like, it's so crazy. So definitely an interesting, interesting thing. So um, just before we wrap up, I love to do like a little, little quick speed round here um, because we also have travel um, travelers like us. Um, and since we're always on the road and you definitely always on the road or on a cruise ship, <laughs> um, what would be like maybe one or two of your favorite travel tips that you could share? I don't think people are prepared enough when they go to the airport. I think that they pack last minute they forget things. They're not prepared. They don't have it just little things like, you know, you're standing in line and you don't have your passport out and you're delaying everybody else. And, you know, like just the ripple effect causes stress at airports. And I just watch people all the time. I'm, 
I'm notoriously, you know this, I'm notoriously early everywhere I go, like like hours. And it's like insane. And especially airports, like I'll just go there and just roam around and just watch, watch people. And it's literally people at the most stressful point in their life. And I got news for you. People, look at me in face. Look at my face. You do it to yourself. You know, like one thing I will say, and, and here's a couple really good tips is screenshot all your important documents, have them in a file folder that's easily accessible. Um, you know, take pictures of your luggage just in case, um, download the, the airline app, make sure it's updated, make sure your flight info is saved under the trips. Like just, again, these are like so rudimentary, but it's what makes or breaks your whole experience. Mm -hmm. Oh, completely. And, and it's, what's so interesting is that we have all the tools at our fingertips. We, we've never had more tools at our fingertips. <laughs> never. Exactly. So it, it's just like they say, like for bad weather, you know, they, there's no such thing as bad weather, just the wrong gear. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Oh, totally. It's the same. Totally. Yeah. Being prepared is huge. And it's, it's so interesting because it is so, as you said, it's so rudimentary, but you know, people are like last minute doing this and it, yeah. And, 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 and another thing, like when you get on a, when you're boarding the actual plane, take off your backpack and carry it. Don't take it off when you're in there. I see so many people get hit in the head. Like it's crazy. And it's just good manners. Like it's, these things are all just manners. Totally. If you think about that moving forward, it's just, you know. I, it's, 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 it's like you put people in a somewhat stressful situation, yeah. like an airport and where they have to get to something on time and like anything that goes wrong just like eats away at the time. Being prepared is so important, but then also putting people in this stressful environment like uh, an airport, basic manners go a long way. And something so simple, I love that you brought up the backpack because it's like people put, nobody, you, how many times have we been like, oh, I didn't realize how wide I was. And it's like, no kidding. You have Assume a backpack. The worst. Assume the worst. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's. And I, I will say one thing, um, you know, understand that people complain a lot about gate agents and, you know, people that work at the front desk at the airport and ticketing agents, you know, everybody, flight attendants, but understand you're getting that interaction one time. Mm -hmm. They have to deal with passengers like you all day long. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in their situation. Mm -hmm for five seconds and just be courteous. Exactly. It's back to you a hundred times over. Exactly. Hey, smile, look them in the eye, say, thank you. Say, are you having a good day? Is there a, you know, like just, I don't know, just be nice. Exactly. And I love that that also the flip side of that, because we also talk about this in hospitality is it's like when you are doing the same thing over and over and over again, it's so hard to like stay excited and engaged. So and then hard. you also, flip side, and this is just both sides being courteous, is to remember like, that's their first time coming to you for directions. So like, why would you be rude? Like the, 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 that's what they're doing, that's your job. So I, I love that you bring that up uh, to be, we just need to be more mindful as far as, you know, when we are traveling and then also when we are delivering a service also as well. So it's always important to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Yes, ma'am. 
Yes, ma'am. Oh, look at that. You heard it from him. All right. Well, just before we wrap up, anything that we should, uh, for those that are tuning in and have loved your words of wisdom, because you have shared several nuggets, um, if they want to get in touch with you or find out what you're doing, where can they go for more info? Uh, Mr. Scott Eddy everywhere. It's my website. It's on every platform. I try and stay active everywhere. I'm going to start to build up my YouTube page. Ooh. Okay. Well, there you go. I'll definitely make sure that we have all his details in the show notes here. Um, Scott, this was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, look at the notes because when she sends out things, you know, it's if you don't read the notes, you go to the wrong link. <laughs> As I, as I found out. Uh, yeah, this is, okay. We'll talk about that at another point. Oh my gosh, Scott. Read directions. Anyways, <laughs> thank you so much. This is awesome. Um, I will definitely have all of the information for Scott. Stay tuned, check him out. He's continuously, continuously putting out phenomenal content. Um, you'll want to tune in and maybe get some, you know, inspired on new places to go. Uh, Wait for the next trip. Yeah. The next the biggest one the next trip and maybe you'll see at some point scott and i will be on a trip together yeah. if he pretends to like me again. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. Thank you for tuning in to Travel Redefined. Hopefully you've taken away something from this week's guests and that you too are excited to see how travel is evolving. Don't forget to leave a review if you enjoyed today's episode and subscribe so that you won't miss out on the amazing conversations to come. And until next time, keep on traveling.